Welcome to episode five of Sixes FM, your podcast for everything Sixes. Joining me today, we have the extraordinary Fiona Bolin, editor of Swoop, News Corp's home for women's sport. Hi. Welcome. Thanks. Thanks for joining us. And next to Fiona, we welcome back into the Magenta family, Peter Neville. Welcome back. Welcome. Thank you. Thank you for having me. Five long years. Yeah, it has been a while. Why why the return to Magenta family? BBL1 to BBL7. Yeah. Um, Well, essentially, great opportunity to come home to Sydney and, um, you know, play with all my mates who I started my BBL journey with, you know, in BBL1, so... I mean, the guys that I play with um, at New South Wales make up, you know, the nucleus of the Sixers team as well, and um, it's a great opportunity to continue playing year-round with my mates. Have they spent uh, the years trying to get into your ear to get you to come back up to Sydney for the BBL? No, not really, actually. It's um, So I uh, played most of BBL 1 because Brad Haddon was away on international duty, and then um, he found himself out of the team and playing Big Bash full-time, so there was an opportunity for me to, to go down to the Melbourne Renegades and... Um, still get a game, um, essentially. So I've been down there for the last five years and Hads has retired now. I'm back at the Sixers. So have you been hassling Hads to retire? No, <laughs> no def- definitely not. I've not been doing that. Was it a hard decision to, to leave Melbourne and come back up to Sydney? No, not really. I mean, I was, I was, I was keen to do it. I was keen to come back to Sydney. Um, you know, having the opportunity to, you know, spend the festive period with your, your family and, um, you know, be at home throughout that six-week period instead of being in a hotel. Um, you know, it's a very uh, big carrot. Yeah. And, it, and uh, it's universally acknowledged that Sydney is better than Melbourne. Definitely. Yes, I've been, well, I've been hearing this argument for a very long time now. Um, I mean, they've both got their strengths. Um, I, I love Sydney, though, the you know, blue sky and beaches. And, um, yeah, it's it's... They're two very different cities, um, so it's, it's difficult to compare them, but that's a very political answer, isn't it? Go, go Sydney. <laughs> yeah, Are you a coffee hard. drinker? Yeah, big time. So who's better, Sydney or Melbourne? Again, I mean, it's you can find good coffee. Yeah. Most places you go, I won't say everywhere, because that's not true. Um, <laughs> but Sydney and Melbourne, yeah, the coffee's great wherever you go. Yeah. yeah. Now, obviously, uh, in BBL 01, Sixers took out the title. Um, we're back in BBL 07. What do you think the chances are this year of the Magenta boys bringing home the trophy just like the Magenta girls did last year? Yeah, exactly. Obviously very good. Um, so making the final last year, um, all you need is, you know, someone to have a day out and a bit of luck go your way and, and that can be you holding the trophy. So it's um, just about, you know, continuing to try and play your best cricket and sometimes a bit of luck on the day will also help to, to get you that little extra step further this year. So. And what are you looking most forward to joining the team? Oh, just the enjoyment of it, um, you know, trying to trying to win the tournament with my... I mean, it's such a fond memory of mine, um, you know, winning BBL1. Um, so I'd, lo- I'd love to be able to replicate that this season. You can say it's all because of you if, if the Sixers win this year. That's true. No, I can't. I, I <laughs> couldn't possibly say Come that. on! <laughs> <laughs> all right, well, we'll talk a little bit more about that a bit later, um, but let's jump into uh, our successful... Uh, segment, and that's where obviously Pete, you have chosen six people or players or anyone from from anywhere in the world that you would like to see play in the Big Bash. Okay, yeah. Um, so I did select six people. Um, there's not a whole lot of ra- rationale to this. <laughs> um, obviously, very topical. My first one will be Donald Trump. Interesting. Um, gets a lot of golf practice in, from what I understand. Has a very good swing on him, mm-hmm. so maybe that could translate into into playing in the BBL. How do you think um, his, his uh, 
pre-game chats would go or post-game? Well, that leads me into my second one. My second person would be Hillary Clinton. Oh, wow. Just, just to see a bit of backwards and forwards there, a bit of, <laughs> a bit of competition on the field. So who's batting and who's bowling? They're obviously on, op- on different teams. Oh, I think the way the game's going, you've got to be able to do both these days. So <laughs> I'm sure they would each get the opportunity to bowl at the other at one point in time. Um, uh, Usain Bolt apparently can play cricket, I've heard. That's been reported before, I think, that he's... He'd be a ride in the field. Yeah. He'd um, certainly be quick between the wickets, wouldn't he? Mm, you'd hope so. Uh, you'd hope so. He has given that away now. but yeah. Yeah. Uh, And I have three people to go, so I went with uh, Hanson. Uh, Mbop Hansen. Mbop Hansen. It's just <laughs> a good chance for themselves to, you know, they can reinvent themselves. So um, is that classified as one or are we taking out No, we're taking all three. three. Okay. Yeah, okay. So that's our last three. Um, maybe they can close that song songwriting chapter and open up the <laughs> the cricketing chapter. They could pen a jingle for the, the competition at least as well. Well, who knows? Let's they could, they the could prove me wrong and, and write a hit song or something. They've had many hit songs. Many? Yeah. <laughs> I don't know about um, that. I think they put a Christmas yeah. album out 15 years ago, but I haven't heard much since then. But I hear they're making a comeback. So oh, they're okay. trying to, maybe yeah. on YouTube in cricket or something. Or in, in music? Uh, in music. In music, okay. Yeah. <laughs> in cricket. Okay, I thought they might have beaten me to the punch yeah. there. <laughs> All right, well, they're a very interesting uh, group of people, and I'd like to see them on the field and see how they'd actually go. Mm. Definitely. I think the crowds would certainly be turning out to Ooh. see that. Yes, we'd have to make sure we have security outside, especially for Trump. <laughs> yeah. um, not controversial at all. Okay, moving on. We'll take a question from the crowd. Um, we have one here from Darcy uh, Tunsky from Instagram. This one's for you, Peter. Um, what is the best part about playing cricket? Oh, the, the fun you have and the friendships you make, I think, they're the, they're the biggest things you take out of it. That's essentially why we all start playing when we're kids, because you want to enjoy yourself and have fun with your friends. How old Good were question. you when you first started? Seven. Seven. Yeah, seven and has it always playing. been cricket? Yeah, well, I started playing AFL for a couple of years and, yeah, no, I ended up giving that away to focus entirely on cricket. I wasn't a very good runner, to be honest. Yeah. What, um, what got you into cricket? Watching it on TV, really. Yeah. Um, playing with a next-door neighbour. Um, just the enjoyment and then wanting to join a team and, and it all sort of snowballed from there. So who were you in the backyard? I don't know. I never really tried to. I didn't pretend to be anybody else, really. Um, I was just having a lot of fun with my next door neighbour. You know, I think that's how most people sort of start out these days as kids. They they see it on TV and and want to. You know, it looks like so much fun. They want to go out and have have that themselves. So you see all the kids in the in the crowd at Sixes games will be pestering mum and dad to take them down to the park and throw a tennis ball, hit a tennis ball. Around. Yeah, have a hit. Yeah. Mm. And why wicket keeping? What got you into well, that? Well, that was sort of the most coveted position when I was playing, you know, young junior cricket. Um, everybody wanted to... You could only bowl two overs each at that stage, so um, the wicketkeeper was probably in the action more than anybody else. So from, yeah, probably the age of 10 um, onwards. I also wasn't a very good bowler either, so... <laughs> it's the logical choice. Clever. You, planned, <laughs> you had it planned out. You knew your strengths. Uh, I'll figure it out. <laughs> what, um, what advice could, could you give to little kids out there? You know, you, you just said, you know, um, it was such a, um, 
sorry, you you were 10 years old when you kind of took up wicket keeping and there's kids out there, you know, all the different formats now. You've got into cricket, you've got T20 Blast and you've got actual junior cricket. So, so many different formats that the kids can play. Um, if someone, you know, a young seven, eight-year-old wanted to try their hand at wicket keeping, what's the, you know, the one piece of advice that you could provide them? Oh, the most fundamental thing is to watch the ball, um, which often gets a little bit glossed over. Um, so, I mean, if they, if they want to be a wicketkeeper, start out just practicing catching. I mean, that's the most fundamental skill of wicketkeeping is catching the ball. Um, it's probably as simple as that. And then it all, you know, you can develop, you know, the other requisite skills from there. Yeah. Well, speaking of wicketkeeping, who would you um, say are the top wicketkeepers in, in Australia at the moment? Well, there's a lot. Putting, yourself, yeah, I mean, there's, there's a lot putting their hands up. There's a lot putting their hands up at the moment, um, and you're seeing some some young guys um, coming along as well. Um, most sort of keepers around the country are pretty established. Uh, we're seeing a couple though, a couple of young guys. James Pearson from Queensland is about to have his first full Shield season now that Chris Hartley's retired, um, and a young guy called Sam Harper from Victoria as well who suffered a pretty bad concussion. Um, got hit keeping um, in a shield game at Adelaide Oval last year so it's great to see him back he's back um, you know to full full fitness and full health and and he's about to have his first full shield season as well so a couple of young guys just starting out there so it'd be interesting to see how they progress. What about someone like Cameron Bancroft who's been um, over in the UK for a bit and playing his trade there do you think he was talked about a couple of years back as a you know a chance to push for Australia but fate went against him a bit. So do you think he'll come back into the fold and, and push again in the future? Yeah, definitely. Um, you know, he was supposed to tour Bangladesh, actually, which um, I was going to be on that tour as well that got cancelled due to security reasons. Um, and he has been, you know, improving year to year and has had some, some really good shield seasons and obviously made a very big score the other day um, playing county cricket. Um, I think in terms of his wicket-keeping stuff, I don't think he... I'm not sure he really does that anymore. I know... Got a young guy, Inglis, who's going to keep for them this year. Um, so I understand Sam Whiteman's still injured. Um, so yeah, I think you know Bancroft's, uh, from what I understand, focusing on his on his batting and, and looking to crack it as a an opening batsman. Yeah, and how important will this domestic season be coming up with the Ashes ahead and and wicket keepers pushing their case for selection? Oh, oh without being silly, I mean it's it's probably about as important as every other season. It's um, yeah, it's every season you play is, you know, vitally important, and um, I mean this is this is really no different. To be honest, it's just um, continuing to focus on, you know, on what you can, which is playing well for New South Wales and in the Big Bash playing well for the Sixers. Um, you know, the rest of it, there's always you know a big opportunity to play for Australia or a big tour coming up or, or something like that, which you know can be a little detrimental if you focus on it too much. Do you think though with Matthew Wade as the incumbent do you think there is a chance to have selectors question whether someone else could come in? Oh if you believe what's written in the papers at the moment um, you know possibly um, but again that's you know out of, out of the control of players you, you know the selectors obviously make the call on, on those types of things and um, all you can do is make sure you're ready to go if, if that opportunity does present itself. Are you ready? Yeah. <laughs> Good answer. <laughs> now, obviously, you've been um, going through pre-season training now with, with the Blues and we've got the, the JLT One Day Cup um, coming up very, very shortly. Um, new squad, 
was announced the other day, I and mean, there's a few few young guns in there. What are your thoughts on on playing with the new? You know, you've got Mickey Edwards and and Jay Lenton. Um, you know, a few yeah newbies to to the group. Are you excited to play with with people like them? Yeah, very much so. Um, it's always a great strength of ours is is the you know the quality of people that end up missing out on that on that squad. Um, you know, some very good cricketers who. Um, you know, didn't get the opportunity to be a part of that squad. So, um, you know, it speak vol- speaks volumes of of the, the amount of talent that we've got around the New South Wales group. Um, and, you know, seeing someone like Mickey Edwards, it's, it's very exciting to see what he's capable of doing. Um, obviously a very fast young bowler. Um, haven't seen much of him before, so he could be, you know, a real X factor for us if he gets the opportunity during the tournament. Um, so very exciting. Hopefully we can go three in a row and, and win the one-day tournament again. Are New South Wales the ones to beat? You'd have to say after the last few years, yes. Um, but, you know, there's a lot of good teams out there. I think probably South Australia and Queensland are two that, you know, stand out as well. Um, they're you know, the teams that we've beaten in the last um, the last two finals. Um, and as I said before, like, you know, one good performance... Um, or, or a bit of luck on the day can see anybody, you know, really, if they make the final, anybody can lift the trophy if they play well enough. And what about, um, what's the main focus for the Blues group at the moment? Is it is it purely just the one-day cup or is there still starting to talk about the Shield as well after, you know, unfortunately not, um, you know, going, uh, I think we lost to Victoria, or Victoria won it last year. So is there much chat about that or at the moment is it purely focusing on that one-day uh, there has been some chat about the Shield um, a little while ago. Um, I think at the moment, being so close to the one-day tournament starting, pretty much the entire focus is on the one-day stuff. Um, but there's obviously been a lot of, of planning and preparation um, that's been done prior to this uh, to make sure you know that overarching goal of, of winning another Sheffield Shield, which we haven't done for probably four years or so now. Um, you know, It's definitely very high on the agenda, but I mean, at this current point in time, you know, the one-day stuff's paramount. Yeah, well, that, and it's, you know, it starts on the 29th of September um, over at the WACA. Um, mm. We had Alyssa Healy on our last uh, podcast, and she, she did say that, you know, obviously she is uh, a keeper, and, and she said that the WACA is her most favourite ground to keep at. What's yours? Yeah, I see where she's coming from there. I um, had a, a very enjoyable time keeping at the WACA when, uh, in a test match with Mitchell Stark, her husband, <laughs> who bowled a ball at 160 kilometres an hour against New Zealand, which was uh, standing a very, very long way back. Which <laughs> yeah. it's, it's, it's a lot of fun. It's probably the best seat in the house. You, you'd rather be, be there than actually having to stand in front of the wickets and face Mitchell. So, um, yeah, very fond memories of keeping at the Wacker. Yeah. Um, and no wonder she likes it. She captained the Sixers to the... WBBL. Yeah, absolutely. It was a great win. Title last year. She won't take too much credit for that if you no. ask her. <laughs> She's a bit humble, Elisa. Yeah. Doesn't like to blow her own trumpet, yeah. I've noticed. So is the Wacker your, your favourite ground in Australia to keep at? Or? Um, well, I really enjoy keeping at the SCG when it's, um, you know, when the ball's turning a lot, which is, um, you know, a characteristic that you usually like to see at the SCG. It, it's a bit hit and miss as to whether you get that, but um, it's always entertaining. It's always good fun as a keeper when the yeah. ball's turning a lot and missing the bat a lot. You know, you're always in the game. Yeah, so and probably those two grounds are my two favourite. Yeah, excellent. And with um, with keeping and you know the different formats now that we have one day test match and and big bash, has it changed much through your time of keeping? Like, is um, any fundamental skills that you know you've had to shift to, to keep up with the changing formats and the pace of the game? Um, yeah, very good question. Um, I think the whole 
you know, uh, elements of keeping and batting um, for your wicketkeeper has, has changed a little bit, especially with Adam Gilchrist. Sort of he entirely changed the way things were looked at. But, um, you know, I think it's tilted back to somewhat, um, you know, wicketkeeping as a pure skill is, is vitally important in any cricket match. Um, but also, you know, you've got to have your keeper being able to bat and be able to play a role with the bat. So it's... It's often, yeah, a bit of a bit of a juggling act there. And as as a cricketer, you're obviously trying to get both skills um, as good as they can be. Um, but yeah, I mean that that one's going to be debated for years to come. Yeah, yeah, yeah of course. And you actually just mentioned um, it's a good segue into our next segment. Uh, you know, the women claiming last year's title out, out at the Wacker, and you know it was so exciting to see the girls do that after uh, falling short to the Thunder in, in WBBL um, 01. But you know Fiona, you're heavily involved with with women's sport, and you know it's so exciting to see all the trends coming um, at the moment. With you know we've had the, the Matildas recently have just had an astonishing last two games and crowds attending. You know we, we have the Ashes coming up for the women's. Um, you know what what are your views on it, and where do you think the women's sport is going? It's such an exciting time. And you can you can really feel the momentum behind it and the the interest growing daily yep. within the public. And the Matildas recently was such a good example of that. Um, it comes on the back of publicity as well. They're getting starting to get the coverage. They've often been getting the results and not getting the coverage. But now that the money's coming into it, it all feeds into itself. Uh, they're getting paid, so they're considered professional, so people pay more attention and media outlets are starting to cover them. Um, cricket was has been leading the way in professionalising women's sport and I think now this upcoming Ashes is a real test for how they take that next step because the Matildas have blown everyone away this week with yeah. their performances and the crowds that went to watch them. The Women's World Cup was huge. To be at Lords that day, packed house and watch that final, it was a real watershed moment for women's sport. And now the Ashes here on our home soil against the world champions, it's a real test and I hope people get out there. The tickets are $10. Yep. Get along. It's a great day out and you see fantastic cricket. It's, you know, I'm sure you've been watching it yourself, Peter, for a long time. It's nice now to see them getting the recognition for it. Yeah, I did actually see the um, the final at Lords. The you know it was a packed house. It was it was amazing, really. Um, just a, a bit of a shame that um, you know I think it's Harman Precorb made 170 yes. something not out and <laughs> knocked Australia out in the semi-finals. Which you know if, if that's what it takes to to knock the Southern Stars out, fair play. Well yeah, done. but. It- They've come um, a long way, the other nations yeah. too. Yeah, um, and I think they're on Channel Nine all the all the Ashes fixtures this year. So if people don't get to the grounds, they'll still have an option to watch it. Absolutely, and you should. <laughs> yeah, no, it should be a great, great series, and obviously the different structure with the point system compared compared to the men's makes it a little bit more interesting mm. as well. And you know, we've got the two games at North Sydney, so hopefully we get. Big crowds there, and you know there was fifth, about fifteen thousand at both Matildas games recently in Penrith and Newcastle. So you know, fingers crossed that we, you know, we get hit that that mark or somewhere somewhere similar. Absolutely. Is that that point system the way the women's Ashes is played? Is that something you'd like the men to do, not for the Ashes, but when a, a nation comes out to tour, that kind of format where it brings everything in together, and you know maybe one test or two tests, and then the one day is worth points as well, and you play across the three formats against them. Is that something you'd like to have a go at? Yeah, I don't know. I mean, I've I've sort of enjoyed the separation of of um, of formats. 
um, which potentially could happen in the women's game. They might, you know, start having a, a three-test series and then a separate ODI series and a separate T20 series as well. Um, you know, I I don't think it's likely to happen um, in the men's game, um, but you know, it would be fantastic to see them, you know, get get the opportunity to play more than one test match and have perhaps a, a three-test series for the Ashes. Yeah, and um, you know, a lot of you know now we've got you know women's sport becoming more. Um, uh, accessible, you know, online with Swoop and, you know, more free-to-air games, um, and, you know, more readily accessible to the community. How important, and Petey could probably talk to it, is it to have um, these these women and, and, you know, and the men as well as, as role models and getting young kids into, into the game, whether it be cricket, whether it be AFL, you know, you had the Women's League last year that went gangbusters and, um, you know, the Socceroo, uh, sorry, the Matildas and, you know, got the Rugby Sevens girls. Like, how important is participation at such a young age right now to drive these kids up through the ranks yeah it's vital and that's what gets kids out there playing the game is is you know, having role models to look up to and you know think i want to emulate that one day so i mean that's exactly what i was talking about before with with watching the cricket on tv yeah. i saw them you know representing their country having a lot of fun and i thought i'd love to get out there and do that myself so exactly right i think that's what a lot of organizations are now finding is that the visibility of these competitions and the athletes is feeding into why their grassroots is starting to flourish yeah. and they're having people turn up with their kids to have a go and, and try it. And the the changing of the junior formats to make it more user-friendly yeah. and, and adaptability of the rules is so important because yeah. if they're having fun, they'll stick with it. And they can play four or five sports and you don't have to pick till you're 15 or 16 if you're that good at it. So to be able to see them is such an important part of getting them to play and you know we go from okay yes they're playing and how do we create make them fans and you know come to the games like what would you know you say to the 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 listeners out there and you know how vital it is to have these these young kids attend whether it's a women's game or here at the scg to come and watch their heroes play yeah well i don't think the parents have to twist the kids arms too much i think it's, (laughs) it's probably the opposite way around um yeah, I mean, whenever you come across uh, kids in big bash crowds, um, they're usually the most vocal and uh, excited of the fans um, in the stadium. So yeah, I don't think there's there's any issue with... Um, I think if, if we say something to listeners, it's parents, be a bit more understanding and bring your kids along when they're asking. <laughs> and it's a spectacle. They have fun. That's <laughs> yeah. the beauty of the big bash. Lots of fun, lots of colour, lots of noise. Um, So hopefully we get big crowds at the Big Bash and also the Ashes as well. Um, Moving on from that, uh, let's take another question from the crowd. Um, Speaking of the Big Bash, we have a question from Instagram again from STK786. It's for you, uh, Peter. Which team in the BBL does the most sledging? Which team in the BBL does the most sledging? that's, That's a really tough question to answer, actually. I mean... Obviously, T20 is such a fast-paced game. Um, you know, you don't often have the the time to to you know to engage in that sort of stuff. Um, you see it every now and then, but um, also the atmosphere as well. It's so electric, it's so loud, so much white noise around the place that it. I mean, you probably could be getting sledged and not even realise. Um, <laughs> so it's. Uh, I'm not sure I can give you a straight answer on that one. Um, Are you a bit of a, a sledger yourself, being behind? No, the, not particularly. No. Is it a bit more relaxed? I know, I know your intention is always to win, and athletes, elite athletes are very focused. But the atmosphere that you mention—it's a lot of fun, and the crowd are into it, and there's you know a lot going on. Does that feed over to you guys, where you relax a bit more and go with the pace of the game, and 
Uh, probably not really. I mean, you, you end up, when you talk about the pace of the game, you, you end up sort of having to rush through to make sure you get your overs done in, in time. Um, and the captain's obviously got a lot on their plate as well. They've got to make a lot of big decisions very quickly as well. So it's um, it's probably not all that relaxed. You're actually uh, hustling through a lot more than um, in other formats of the game. Um, and I certainly, as a wicketkeeper, I'm you know doing that as well, trying to hustle through the overs and make sure I'm helping the captain out where I can by you know adjusting angles in the field and that kind of thing. But um, yeah, it is a very and as I said, it's so loud that um, you know often. You know, people can't hear what's going yeah. <laughs> on and can be a little bit chaotic at times. How, um, do you, how do you tune out the crowd and everything that's going on around you? Oh, it's pretty easy, actually. I mean, it's just like white noise, so yeah. everyone just all blends into each other. Mm. Whereas, you know, sometimes at a Sheffield Shield game when there's only three people in the ground, you can hear them, <laughs> hear them clear as a bell. <laughs> hear them clearing their throat. <laughs> <laughs> all right, so we've sp spoken a lot about cricket. Um, let's move away from that. Obviously, you're joining the, the Magenta family again and it's, you've been away for, for a few years now. So what has changed in the last five years? Who are you away from cricket? Uh, who am I away from cricket? Um, wow, this, this is a very deep question, well, isn't it? Well, not so much deep. I mean, <laughs> well, you know, you? you're in a band, you play... Oh, is that what yeah, we're angling That's, that's okay, where I wanted yeah. to go. I didn't do want to throw it out <laughs> straight away. Um, well, I think I was looking at that on a much, much too high level. <laughs> Getting very deep. Um, yeah, so I, I take a guitar with me pretty much everywhere I go. Whenever I've toured sort of overseas, playing for Australia or, or you know, domestically, um, I'll always take a guitar with me. Um, it's a great way for me to, I suppose, turn my mind away from cricket um, and just relax, really. Um, what was the first song you learnt to play? Nothing mm. Else Matters by Metallica. <laughs> yeah. Nothing Else Matters? Yeah. Nice. And, well, not, not play the whole song, but that's sort of what sucked me straight in yeah. is being able to replicate a sound that you love hearing um, and that's one of the easiest things you'll ever learn to it's play. Now it's now going just, through my head. You're just <laughs> picking open strings so there wasn't much talent required to be able to do that um, and then I've sort of put a, as much time as I can into it after that. Nice. So you say it makes you relax but the, the genre is quite punk, punk rock heavy metal. Yeah well that's that's pretty heavy metal yeah. Yeah so. does, that, does that kind of stuff calm you down or? Oh, not, I mean, it's not, it's not so much being, you know, calming me down. It's just a, it's an enjoyable hobby to, um, to pass the time and to, to turn your mind off, off cricket. Do you ever get sing-alongs going? No, because I can't really sing. <laughs> sort of probably the... Uh, I'm picturing the dressing sheds, everyone around. Yeah, kumbaya. <laughs> Bit of tiny dancer or something. No, that's, <laughs> that's not really, I think Liz was sort of angling towards, uh, I'd play some... More, more heavy stuff. More, yeah. Like electric guitar, distorted guitar, that kind yep, of thing. Nice. Yeah. Getting, getting so everyone going. Four chord strumming. <laughs> Do the boys get out much and, and come and see any of your gigs? Some of the New South Wales or Sixers? Yeah, boys? so yeah, we had a few of them along. Uh, played a gig a few weeks ago. Um, and yeah, capacity crowd. Of course, sell out. Yeah, the capacity was 45. It's <laughs> as many people as you can fit in the place, so it was a nice, nice small little venue. But yeah, it was a lot of fun just playing some covers with some mates. So yep. yeah, it's a lot of fun. Do they ever heckle you outside the boys with any any song lyrics or um, Im imitate you when you, when you're playing at all? No, not really. No, they they don't. But um, yeah, again, you know, you think that. BBL crowd's loud. Wait till you're standing in front of a guitar amplifier. You literally can't hear a thing. <laughs> Have the ringing for days. Mm. And, and what else? I mean, you recently got married. So I did, yes. Congratulations Thank you. Thank on you. that. How's uh, it all going? 
Yeah, it's exactly the same as it was before, <laughs> which I think is a good thing. It's the magic yeah. question, isn't it? Yeah. You get after you get married. Yeah, How strange. is it? It's, it's wonderful. The same. Yeah. That's, that's up, the main thing. Yeah. And you bought a new place as well, I've heard. I did. So I'm in, I'm in Kensington now. Yeah. Oh, congratulations. So I used to, I've, I've sort of hip-hopped my way around a little bit. I was in Kensington, then Kingsford, then Randwick, then Kensington again. Yeah, so. How are you going with all the light rail works around there? Yeah, I'd be looking forward to when it's done. Yeah. <laughs> and I guess you don't get <laughs> too much Avo Smash, according to, to people out there. Can't we we purchased too many avocado smashes okay, for a bought yeah. a house. So. No, I make my own avocado. <laughs> <laughs> well, I don't make Growing them. I smash it myself. Buy the avos self-smashed. Yeah. <laughs> and look, what else do you do besides, the, you know, the band, like, you know, general weekend? Um, well, day in the life. So, well, I, fi- I finished my uni degree probably five years ago now, so mm-hmm. that's sort of freed up a lot of time for guitar. Um, but outside <laughs> of that, just sort of catching up with family and friends and, yeah. Um, yeah, playing cricket. What did you do at uni? I did a Bachelor of Management. Okay. I wasn't really sure what I wanted to do, so I did a marketing major and a law major. Are you going to put that into play post-playing? Potentially. <laughs> we'll see. Yeah. Uh, if the, um, I can find the right role. Definitely. I know a place where you could do some work experience, maybe the sixes. Or yeah, Chris I'm, I'm looking for a few interns. So okay. Start with the photocopying, though. <laughs> all right. No, we do a lot of fun things when you're doing the internship here. Um, all right, let's move on and take a question from the crowd, our last one. Uh, it's very actually on theme, which is good. It's from Marcus Beck. Um, what's your go-to karaoke song? Marcus Beck. You know this name? No. <laughs> <laughs> Long lost friend? No. Uh, let me see. Um, now, if you say I think my new, no, no, not on Bop. Um, in the End by Linkin Park. Oh, wow. It's a duet, though, so I need someone with a very good voice to sing the Chester <coughs> Bennington bits. I'm not putting up my hands. <laughs> <laughs> what about you, Fiona? What's your oh, go to? It's funny this question comes up. I've been doing a lot of karaoke lately. Um, we had a karaoke night when I was over at the Women's World Cup we stumbled into a pub that was having it and I did Love Shack and and I was um, ribbed by the guy running it as I went to go back to group of us and he was like ah it sounds nothing like that oh "Oh, okay thank you but I have one up my sleeve that I really want to crack out next time I go which is Mr Biggs to be with you I think it would be a real real crowd pleaser would you separate the crowd and do the call and response (laughs) yeah Yeah, well I've been practicing it in the car and I think you would need someone else with you because throughout the chorus it's a bit of separation so (laughs) but I think you could really get everyone going Get everyone to join in. Interesting. I like it. Yes, big time. <laughs> big time. Well, maybe we should organise a karaoke session. Yeah. Right? Why not? Think. It's all great. I'll, look, I'll, I'll jump in and I'll say Flame Trees. Oh, no. Nice Cold one. Chisel. Crowd favourite. Um, but one day, Nev, I think we've got to get you singing Mbop, Hanson. I mean, they're in your team. Yeah, I'd be happy to try. Yeah. We'll maybe it, Donald would like to get up and sing with me. Who knows? And, <laughs> and Hillary as well. Imagine yeah. that. Mm. Jeez. Excellent. All right. So let's let's wrap up. Um, you know, we've spoken a little bit already about, you know, what you're most looking forward to um, coming back to the sixes. But, um, you know, speaking, you know, purely about the men's side, you know, what 
has there been much talk at the moment within the playing group about their expectations for this upcoming season? As you've already mentioned, you know, we did fall short last last year um, against Perth Scorchers over at the WACA. Um, you know, is, is the aim, obviously, to go one better? Obviously, yeah. Uh, most definitely, uh, you know, in having brief chats with the captain and the coach, obviously, the you know, winning the trophy again is the, the overarching goal of, of everybody. Um, so I'm looking forward to, to when the Big Bash um, fun resumes um, and, you know, getting the, the squad all finalised and locked down. And then, um, yeah, it's going to be a very enjoyable and hopefully very successful season coming up. Uh, is, is it hard to prepare for with the unpredictability of the competition in leading into each Big Bash? It's difficult to predict who's going to succeed and sometimes teams look great on paper and they just don't can't produce it because of the nature of the format. So what are the preparations like going in to try and get a consistency? Yeah, that's a very good question, but it speaks volumes to the, I suppose, the quality of the competition, um, that you do have so many closely matched teams and so many, I mean, if you look at last season, so many games came down to the final ball or final over. Uh, it makes for a very entertaining product. Um, so, I mean, it's, it's, it's not an easy question to answer. Um, Again, it's just about trying to prepare as best you can um, and hopefully things go your way on the day. And obviously for, for the girls um, looking to go back-to-back, which would be excellent. Uh, Fiona, what are, what are your thoughts um, you know, on, on the girls and the upcoming WBBL 03 season with you know, the success that it has been over the, few, over the past two years? Yes, it's been great and I think it's going to be another big season for the women. And the Sixers team looks like it's pretty much held together which will be good for them and if Elise Perry stays fit uh, and finishes off the season well you know you'd you'd have to say it's theirs to lose almost Um, I'd like to think that Thunder will carry the flag for Sydney again and have a better year than what they did last year Um, and Harman Preet Kaur looks like she's coming back out as well so I think everyone will be watching her Um, but yeah I think it'll be a big year for Sixers again and Sydney in general um, and the WBBL is just going to go to another level. Yeah. Uh, Peter, do you see many of the girls around around the stadium or have you had a chat to to many of them to, to speak about their experiences from from last year and um, obviously, you know, this, moving into this current season? Yeah, I mean, yes, we, we all often sort of see each other around the place. Um, haven't actually had a, you know, a chat with the Sixers girls yet. Um, but, you know, obviously they've... I've, Outside of you know chatting with Elisa Healy a little bit, um, congratulating her on on captaining the side to a to a trophy, um, but yeah, as you said, I mean, it's a matter of them you know all staying fit and you know you add Elise Perry to that as well and you know you can't finish any better than first, but hopefully first again. Um, yeah. Absolutely, I think I think they're a really good shot of it. Like you look at that team and it's just brimming with talent. Yeah. Well, fingers crossed both both men and women can bring bring the trophies home and we can add them to the to the trophy cabinet upstairs. And Lauren very... Cheadle arriving too, that's big. Yes. Yeah, she's a nice young, uh, fast bowler and hopefully she does stay fit as well. Yeah. Um, she's had a few injuries recently, so fingers crossed she'll be um, uh, fit for the for the season. Um, thank you both very much for, for joining us on Sixers FM. Um, Fiona, the work you do is amazing and incredible and great to, to have a, a voice out there for full women's sport and hey, welcome welcome back um, thank you hopefully you, you bring back the luck from bbl01 let's hope so <laughs> winning winning <laughs> and for those listening uh, uh peter's band is called the seething heathens 
That's correct. Well said. Saving wow. Havens. So <laughs> make sure you jump online and give them a bit of a listen and um, maybe that that'll be your intense. new favourite karaoke <laughs> song. Maybe. Nice. Awesome. Thank you very much, guys. Thank you.